haere mai. Welcome to the Maxim Institute podcast. My name is Jason Heal. I'm the communications manager at Maxim Institute, and this is our weekly short-form podcast. These podcasts are released in tandem with our weekly column and are a chance for you to hear in-depth from the column's author about some of the thinking that went into producing their final piece. Today, we talk to Maxim researcher Mary Ann Spurdle about her recent column. Marianne, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jason. It's good to have you here. And we are talking about your recent column, Getting More Bungle and Less Bang for Our Buck. I love all those Bs, but I also love the uh, the way you've inverted, right? We're getting less bang mm. and more bungle for our buck. And reading your column, the start, you summarize a fast news month, shall we say. Yeah, and that was June. <laughs> yeah. That was before July happened. Yeah. So it's it's only last month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's only compounded. <laughs> and so you talk about race relations commissioner resigning, cabinet ministers resigning, parvel- parliamentary privileges committee um, ruling, um, as well as the spare plane um, that the prime minister took on his overseas trip. Um, but you mention um, something else that, Really, I mean, in the, in a fast news month, a lot of things fly under the radar, and this one particularly seemed to. But the the fact that we have increased our public service, quote unquote, talent by thirteen thousand full time workers, or twenty eight percent over the last mm-hmm. five years, that seems uh, a lot of employment, uh, a lot of public taxpayers' yeah. money spent. Have we, you know, have we got a 28% increase return on investment? Well, that's the question that this report by <laughs> Dr. Bryce Wilkinson asks, and the evidence is no. Yeah. Um, on an international comparison of efficacy and efficiency of government, Australia is sitting above average in both yeah. quadrants. New so they kind of graph it on a four quadrant, yep. above average efficacy, yep. below average, above average efficiency, exactly. below average. Yeah. On both Australia, you know, not hugely, but it's above average on yeah. both. New Zealand is below average on both, which no. means we're paying more, we're not getting more. And yeah. everybody who's been following anything in, in healthcare, for instance, yes. or education yeah. or um, traffic, yeah, Traffic's a big one at the roads, moment. Roads, yeah. Pretty much every direction you look... It doesn't look like we're spending 28% more on anything. <laughs> yeah. So it's a very, very timely report. Yeah. And what I was tying it into was the fact that you've got a government that, and this was before Kerry Allen properly imploded. So there was more to come. Um, hopefully for the government, there isn't more waiting. But it's just evidence that they are not managing themselves well. And this report is showing they're not managing the things they're supposed to be managing well either yeah yeah and so one of the things that you highlight here is a 85 percent increase in salary payments for what Hmm. is termed information specialists so i like that term um and um yeah twice as much being spent on information specialists as policy analysts now policy analyst ideally is having a look at facts at data and going this is the best way forward. Yeah. An information specialist is code for someone who... A spin doctor, pre- right? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to use that, but yeah. It can be code for that. Yeah. Presents things the way the government wants to present them. Yeah. In other words, what we're doing is we're selling the sizzle. Yeah. The product itself yeah. is lacking because the evidence is there that things are not working. Yeah. And that comes back to 
a government that's not big on evidence-based policy. Yeah. They're more interested in ideology and in things that sound good, things mm. that have, you know, if you say, I want to reduce poverty, yeah. if I want to... Who's not on board with that, right? Yeah. Reduce toll to zero. Yeah. I mean, sure, that yeah. sounds great. But do we have evidence that what we're doing works? Yeah. Do we have evidence that what we're trying to do can actually be done? Yeah. That's In the a case whole other story. Zero, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's have some realistic policies yeah. to begin yeah. with. And then that flows into trust and transparency. Yeah. So if you're doing something that doesn't have any evidence behind it, you're very reluctant you're to. You're not going to yeah. be welcoming people, you know, critiquing yeah. things. Or you're scrutinizing. not going to want. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to be doing what we're seeing, you know, the wait lists and health. Oh, no, they can't be published quite yet. Everything <laughs> right. is very obscure. We'll just hold obscure. that information back a yeah. little bit longer. Yeah. And look, if if you believe in what you're doing and you believe that there's evidence behind the reasons why you're doing what you're doing, you're going to be transparent. Yeah. yeah. Because you're going to be able to show the evidence that it works. If it's not working, you're going to be open to changing tax so that it does work. Yeah, I mean, if you were, if you would like, man, we want to hit this target and you were getting feedback that actually it is working, your policies yeah. are, uh, you'd be shouting that from the rooftops, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. You'd be going, look, guys, we've got this, we've hit this milestone. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing something well, it's it's going to have a positive impact. Yeah. Um, and the other thing about the... <laughs> The implosions of June and carrying on into July where you had um, justice. Yeah, where you've got a justice minister evading the police. arrest. Yeah. Stuff like that. You have to believe that people will trust you no matter what to do some of the things that some people have been doing. Mm. And so this isn't 2020 where it appeared that some people thought the government could walk on water. 2021 happened. Mm. You've got to rebuild trust after you've broken it. And even if you haven't broken trust, you have to earn it constantly when you're in government. And so this assumption, Michael would seem to assume that people should trust him no matter what it looked Just like. Just because he is a minister, right? Or because... I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that mindset. But to have a conflict of interest that you're constantly being called up on and think that you can just not address it, I think that shows someone who doesn't think they need to earn trust. Mm. That is just mm. a given that people will trust you because you are who you are. Yeah. And that's not true. You've got to show results for people to trust you. You've got to be actually transparent for people to trust you. And we should be able to trust our government. It's not healthy to have a lack of trust mm. in our government. And so if, if they're not holding each other to account, um, which the pattern with this government has been people haven't been held to account yeah. until the very, very last minute we're until actually like no it's other untenable. Option, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, we need to hold them to account. That's what elections are for. Yeah. So figuring out who who is actually engaging with the evidence and who is obscuring the evidence, I think is a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing we can look out for as we come up to the election this year is going, who of the choices that I have in the ballot box are actually following the evidence, following um, uh, kind of putting their policies uh, in line with the evidence, yeah, and that's a way that we can um, we yeah. can maybe discern who we're going to tick the box for. Yeah, not just aspirational ideas, but who's who's actually showing that things might 
really work and who has the character to follow through with it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, Marianne, lots to think about as we come up to the election. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Jason. And now let's hear from Marianne as she reads her column. June was a fun month for news outlets, RNZ's self-inflicted scandal aside. How often does a cabinet minister resign and for entirely preventable reasons? Reactions to Michael Wood's brazen resistance to accountability ranged from confused to mortified. The relatively minor story just kept on giving. Wood didn't profit from his airport shares in the end, righteously donating profits to charity. Hindsight being 2020, we now know he should have waited a few days before paying his penance, then it could have been applied to the other undisclosed shares that were about to come to light. As it was, the gesture added an ironic flourish to his fall from grace. Meanwhile, we had a race relations commissioner resign because of his own undeclared conflicts of interest, having already contributed to a conflict of interest for the justice minister. Finally, Parliament's Privileges Committee ruled that the Minister of Education displayed a high degree of negligence in failing to correct inaccurate information she gave to the House. It was the first time since 2008 that a minister had been referred to the committee. Those stories gained far more attention than another issue brewing under the radar. No, not the Prime Minister's spare plane. Like I said, fun month. Dr. Bryce Wilkinson's report on public service bloat revealed that it gained more than 13,000 full-time equivalent workers between 2017 and 2022. That's a 28% increase in five years. What have we got for this infusion of talent? It isn't better roads, schools, or hospitals. It doesn't appear to be better anything. The Index of Government Effectiveness shows New Zealand's rating has dropped from 1.76 in 2017, around the average since 1996, to 1.35 in 2021. Wilkinson's report highlights inefficiencies, including an 85% increase in salary payments for information specialists. Their piece of the budget pie is now twice that of policy analysts, but journalists are reporting that access to information via departmental experts has actually become more difficult. He also points out that even Controller and Auditor General John Ryan has repeatedly expressed concerns over recent years about public spending being difficult to track and decisions lacking transparency. An ineffective public service may also be a side effect of reporting to ministers who aren't accountable themselves. We've become so jaded that after recent events, people just shrug. What did we expect from a politician? Even the Prime Minister has low expectations. He responded to the Michael Wood fiasco by speaking gravely about how cabinet ministers manage conflicts of interest, saying the system needs to change. Does it? Or is he introducing training wheels to help MPs who are reckless or inept from skidding off the straight and narrow? It would be better for wayward ministers to change, or for them to make way for people with integrity. That's partly on party leaders and partly on us. We have to decide if we want a government that generates good clickbait or one that governs responsibly. And that decision is coming up in October. We'll know we got it right if the election is followed by some blissfully slow news days. Thanks for listening to the Maxim Institute podcast. If you'd like to hear more from us and keep up with the rest of our research and analysis of politics and policy in New Zealand, you can sign up on the homepage of our website, to get our monthly forum email and invitations to future Maxim Institute events. You can search and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the team at Maxim, Mateo, goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.